sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Spooky Sundays. My name is Anne, and we have the lovely Renata next to me. <laughs> you can't shake your head on radio, Renata. They can't see you. <laughs> good evening, everyone. I'm I'm going to be the sensible one tonight, at least for. Yeah. Five minutes, at least for five minutes. <laughs> Welcome to our show. We are here every Sunday on Newcastle Live Radio from 8 till 10 p.m., bringing you the spookiest news from around the world, spooky stories, weird stories, and some rather unusual things that you can buy online. Mm. We also like to answer all your uh, paranormal questions where we can, and sometimes if you ask a burning tarot question, you can send that in as well, and Renata might pull you a card. I just might. Just might. Just might. Now, do we have any paranormal news tonight, Renata? Um, actually, no. But what? <laughs> well, you could have warned me. I could have looked something up. Well, actually, there is because our gorgeous Sue was telling me there's a new uh, TV show on from Zach Baggins. Oh, is this where he sits in his comfy couch and watches his reruns? And watches his own shows and reacts to them. <laughs> And looks oh. at all the times he oh was possessed God. and tells everyone how he was possessed. That time. It's going to be at least three seasons of it's, him just being possessed. Is, is that arrogance or not? <sighs> is, you're watching your well, own show and you're reacting to your own stuff. You guys out there are the ones who are feeding him mm. <laughs> by keeping on watching Stop this. So, it. Stop um, it. He's yep. like a naughty little boy. I, look, I, I did enjoy Ghost Adventures when they first started off, but then once, um, what's his name, Nick left, um, everything started to become religious and demonic and um, it, oh, well, everything was demonic. That, that pays the bills. Yeah, that well, it does. It does. And that's what people like to see. They don't like to see common sense mm. or no, that's not paranormal. No. no. Or no, witches do not worship Satan. Oh, heaven forbid, go on those sites and say something isn't paranormal. Oh, my oh. gosh, don't you get blasted. But <laughs> I do have a story tonight because... Um, Campbelltown in New South Wales has a festival every year and they celebrate their local ghost story. Can we go? Maybe. When's it on? It's in in November. I think this year it'll all be online. No. Yeah. But we're fully vaccinated. We can go anywhere but Sydney (laughs) (laughs) or any other state. But I'm going to tell you uh, the original Australian ghost story and it's Fisher's Ghost. I'm pretty sure most of you have heard of Fisher's Ghost. Send us a message if you have because that'll put you in the draw to win our beautiful candle tonight that we have to give away from Halloween. So by all means, give us a message or send us a message on 0490848886. Let us know whether you have heard of Fisher's Ghost. I like this. Uh, Catherine has texted in, hi, it's me. I would just like a candle. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're being honest. I like it. 
I like it. That's right. So certainly the most authenticated Australian ghost story is that of Fisher's ghost, which occurred at Campbelltown in the southwest outskirts or on the southwest outskirts of Sydney, New South Wales. Now, we've done the, the Fisher's ghost ghost tour. Oh, you have. I haven't. You oh. must have taken oh. another friend that time. Oh, I did. And Sorry. I just asked, could Oops. I go? And you've gone, no. Oops. So I'll just adjust my glasses with my middle finger. Sorry. In 1826, Frederick Fisher was a settler who lived not far from a small creek on the way to George's River. He had been quite successful in his affairs, owning some property, and he had even put some money away. Prior to his disappearance, Frederick Fisher had talked for some time of taking a long trip home to England. You should never tell anyone what you're planning to do. Anyway, Fisher had a friend and neighbour named George Worrell, whom he considered trustworthy, but he was wrong. George Worrell murdered Frederick Fisher in cold blood and in his haste to cover up his horrific crime, he reported to the authorities that Fisher had returned home to England and prior to leaving had granted Worrell power of attorney and placed him in charge of caring for all his affairs. I know the name Worrell. Isn't there a TV series about um, Mr. Norrell and someone else? And it's really good, actually. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's amazing. This is Worrell. Yeah, W-O-R-R-E-L-L. You said Norrell. Oh, okay. Are you sure it was coffee that you had? I don't have are, you, are you sure? I don't have my hearing aids oh, in. Okay. <laughs> Worrell was generally believed, I can't remember. It's Mr. Norrell, isn't it? But some of Fisher's friends thought he would certainly not have left without bidding them goodbye. It seemed to them to be a mystery, and they suspected foul play. Four months later, a man named John Farley, who was another neighbour of Fisher's, was travelling home late one night past the creek that ran near Fisher's property. He saw a figure sitting on the rail of the bridge that went over the creek. It looked exactly like Frederick Fisher. Farley had not heard that Fisher had returned to Australia and began certain it was him and asked, when did you come back? The figure did not speak a word, but apparently it appeared to point into the paddock near the creek. Dread and horror overcame Farley when the figure on the rail in the on the bridge faded away into nothingness. Oh, a fading apparition. Mm. Oh, I'd love to see one of those, just so I could see how I would react. Farley was frightened and ran to the local hotel in a shocked state. He truly believed he had just seen the ghost of Frederick Fisher, and it must be connected in some way to the suddenness of his disappearance. John Farley was so terrified by the incident that he reported his chilling sighting to the police. At first, he was not believed, but over time, and due to the mysterious disappearance of Frederick Fisher, the police conducted a search of the paddock in which the apparition had pointed. During this search, the remains of Frederick Fisher were discovered buried in the paddock near to the creek, exactly where the ghostly spectre had pointed. Wow. Isn't that crazy? On the 17th of September 1826, George Worrell was arrested for the murder of Frederick Fisher. He confessed and was trialled for murder. John Farley's evidence of a ghostly sighting was not permitted in court. It did not matter, though. George Worrell was found guilty of murdering Frederick Fisher and he hanged. 
Frederick Fisher is buried in the St Peter's Anglican Church Cemetery in Campbelltown, New South Wales. The creek next to where Fisher's body um, was buried is known as Fisher's Ghost Creek. There seemed to be That's, no um, doubt... quite creative, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're good at that. <laughs> Uh, there is, seems to be no doubt on John Farley's, in John Farley's mind that he had seen the ghost of Frederick Fisher. For years afterwards, this spot was carefully avoided by travellers after nightfall for fear the ghostly spectre may return. Now, even though this uh, story uh, is a very well-known Australian story and, as I said before, probably the very first ghost story that's kind of been written up about um, in Australia. Uh, And I've written about this in my own book, but this particular story I just read out came from Australia's Haunted History by Trudy Tuhill. So just a shout out to her. Thank you very much for writing that. Uh, And when tours do come back online, there are some lovely ladies out um, in that part of uh, the Sydney area who do a Fisher's Ghost Tour and they will take you to spooky sites around that particular area. I think they're called Site, S-I-G-H-T. Sydney Investigation Ghost Hunting Tours. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, We've got a listener here who said, hi ladies, my husband used to live in Campbelltown and told me all about it. Yeah. So it's well known. And uh, what have we got here? We've got uh, Dazza who's saying Zach Bagans is overrated. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And like I said, every year Campbelltown actually runs a huge festival um, that is dedicated to Fisher's Ghost. And I think that's awesome. It's probably the only city in Australia that has a ghost festival. And we've got Karen here saying, yes, I've known about Fisher's Ghost since I was a kid. I must admit, I hadn't actually heard of it until I met uh, the girls from Sight and found out that they have the uh, that tour. Mm. So, well, there you go. Yeah. And oh. if, you, if you look at the time, 1826, that's very, very early on in settlement. What, uh, 30-odd years yeah, into settlement yeah. by the time they were getting out to those Western Sydney areas? Yeah. So, Just yeah. after you were born. Um, okay, so the thank you, Deborah Ann. It's Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Have you all getting the death stare? <laughs> have you have, you've not seen the TV series? No. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. It is fabulous. I really enjoyed it. It's it's about the fairy folk and um, be careful about doing deals with the the fairy folk. And oh. uh, but you've also got all the ancient magic books that one person is hoarding, and and there's another one who wants to. It's great series it's sort of charles dickens era mm-hmm. so look it up and have a have a look at that on Newcastle Live Radio. And Heidi Ho there, Spooksters. You're back with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live <laughs> Radio. Oh, no. It's 20 past eight in the evening <laughs> and we're losing our stuff already. <laughs> 
We're just so excited that we get to go out and do something tomorrow. And it's Renata's birthday on Tuesday. And we're, oh, we've got a nice secret surprise for her. Well, you've got a secret surprise for me. You're taking me somewhere where there, I might reveal there used like, to be trauma. I, trauma I in my life. I, I've just found out. I finally told her where I was going to take her. And I'm actually taking her to the Monty... PO at East Maitland because it used to... No, Maitland. Maitland. It's not in East Maitland. Oh, Maitland. Mm -hmm. It's closer to Rutherford, actually, I think. Um, And it's uh, where apparently Renata used to go to school and I didn't realise that. And she has childhood trauma attached to it. I do. Oops. I I went there for a year um, as when my school was uh, under renovations. I used to go to St Paul's at Rutherford. Hi, St Paul's. Now you've got to say it right. Rudderford. 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 It's a D, not a TH. All right. And uh, so I I had to go to Montepio for uh, a year, and it just, the place traumatised me. I was, what was. Probably year two, maybe two or three. And you've got trauma from right back then. Oh, yeah. Were there ghosts? Well, something or other was traumatising me there. I I thought it was the nuns. I assumed. Well, that, that's, that's a thing in itself, but we won't raise that. Um, I'm just kind of, the whole place had this thing about it where I could not stand being on the site. My parents had to come and pick me up every lunchtime to take me home. What? So that I could build up the uh, enough stamina to go back in the afternoon. That's crazy. And I'm taking you there for a whole night. <laughs> And we did ask for separate beds. Please let us have separate beds. Every time we go to a haunted location, there's only one bed we've got to share. And it's like, Ugh. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Uh, That's the way you feel. <laughs> Joe just sent a message through saying it could have been worse. It could have been a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, what? I, I have to say a cruise would be worse for me than being put into jail. I could not cope with being on something that moves, number one, like yeah. that, and number two, being stuck with people I don't really know or like <laughs> and not being able to get off. But never, <laughs> it's never okay. I've, I've worked out what you do. You go get one of those pods and you just sit in the pod and nobody can see you. It's great. Well, what's the point? <laughs> What is the they point? They bring you cocktails. There's, there's and you go get ocean. food. There's an ocean out there. It's fabulous. Oh, God. I like being away from everyone. That's oh. nice. All right. Tell us your story. You've got oh, six got, minutes. I've got a story. I've got a story. So drivers spot um, this ghost bride on this particular road. And this is in America. Um, uh, bride is in da Ghost bride, yeah. She okay. actually passed um, the day before her her wedding. Oh, no. Yeah, it's one of those stories, yeah. And she's been seen more than 50 times since wow. her death. Yep. So let me read this story. I'll try. This is by Lauren McDougall. Drivers on a busy road have reported multiple sightings of a ghostly bride. According to legend, the spirit of 22-year-old Suzanne Brown haunts the spot where she and two friends died in a road accident on the eve of her wedding in 1965. Now, if you go to Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page, you'll actually see a picture of the accident. Oh, so this is a real story. This is a real story of the accident scene. More than 50 years after her death, motorists continued to report strange goings on near the spot on the A229 Kent uh, on the A229 uh, motorway. 
It is in England, sorry, not in America, in England. The busy carriageway at Bluebell Hill... Oh, what a lovely name! ...is reported to be one of the most haunted spots in Kent, with more than 50 reported supernatural sightings. Some drivers say they see a young bride waiting by the roadside. Among the first was a man on his way home to Rochester late at night who claimed to have seen two pedestrians walking towards him then suddenly disappear. On another occasion, he witnessed the pedestrians again walking across the road. However, this time a car drove straight through them. Ooh. In 1971, James Skane was driving home from work when a girl in her early 20s suddenly appeared in front of his car. He gave her a lift to Chatham, but when she got out, he said she disappeared into thin air. Some years later, in 1992, three drivers reported hitting someone who ran into the road at night, but there was no evidence or a body to be found. Coach driver Ian Sharp saw the ghost only just over a week before the anniversary of the car crash. He told the Sun Herald, I had come out of the Blue Bell Hill slip road from the village coming down the hill. I saw this woman and I thought, oh, she'll go back. She won't come across. I want you to read it like you did last week. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. She didn't she, come across. She won't. She'll go back. She won't come across. But then she ran straight in front of the car and hit her, and I hit her on her left side. She Ouch. was looking at me all the time. Oh, my God, that would Ouch. be terrifying. I honestly thought I had killed her. You can't imagine how I felt. I was so scared to look underneath, but I knelt down and looked straight through. There was nothing there. What a relief that would have been. Then the the brain would kick in and go, well, hang on. Where is she? Where is she? Has she been flicked up somewhere right, and thrown yep. to the side of the yep. road? Mm-hmm. In fact, over the years, huge numbers of unsuspecting motorists have witnessed a woman running out in front of their cars late at night, often locking eyes with them before being hit and vanishing. Oh, oh. No evidence of a collision has ever been found, nor has there ever been a victim found either. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking in my head, I'd like to experience this, but then I think, no, I would probably have a car accident trying to avoid her. Mm-hmm. The bride is not the only ghost of Bluebell Hill. Other motorists have reported hitting a woman wearing a red scarf near the Robin Hood Junction who stares intently at the driver before disappearing under the bonnet. According to legend, there could be a young Rochester maid who was allegedly murdered in the early 20th century. The name... Uh, The maid's name, Emily Trigg, visited her mother in Bluebell Hill every Sunday and she was last seen walking with a soldier on Bluebell Hill in 1916. Her body was discovered six years later in an area near Bluebell Hill with some motorists even claiming the girl had asked them to drive her to Burnham Cemetery where she is buried. The ghost of an old lady has also been seen on Bluebell Hill for many years and it is believed she once lived in the woods near Bluebell Hill and and resents anyone who crosses her path and there are more stories so the more you dig this is one of those creepy areas in the world that seems to attract accidents Mm -hmm. or attract apparitions Um, it's like it's uh, a vortex it's it's like the road in Sydney Um, what's that road oh the one down to Q Station 
um, yeah. The park, Parkway, pa- yeah. Wakehurst. Wakehurst Parkway, where people tend to see things. So you kind of you kind of think there have been many accidents on Bluebell Hill Road. And like I said, the, the, one of the pictures of one of the accidents is posted on Newcastle Live Radio Facebook page. Um, but you kind of think, well, what comes first? Right? Like a scary thing that occurs is once? Is it the imprint of the, uh, the trauma that... That's happened there that then makes it a magnet for that yeah. uh, phenomena, or is it something about the location yep. that uh, causes that phenomena, phenomena happen. to, to happen? Mm. Mm. I wonder what your thoughts are, guys. The chicken or the egg? That's a really interesting story. The ghost or the location? Mm. And the more I dug about that, the more I actually found more and more um, accidents and apparitions coming through. For that particular area, it's one of the most haunted roads in Kent. Hmm. Oh, we, we we started working on our trip to England, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes, we've we've worked out we're going to start in a little town called Shitterton, and um, start driving up, and then we we go to Ars Hill, isn't it, or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there is a nice little uh, town that. Um, Oh, who was it? Uh, someone said they were going to take us to visit uh, somebody in the cemetery by the name mm-hmm. Fanny, Fanny Cramp. Fanny Cramp. We're mm-hmm. going to go and meet Fanny Cramp in the cemetery. Yeah, Fanny Cramp. Um, so all of that, that's going to happen in September next year, we think. We're just uh, making sure that we've got all our COVID restrictions all oh, fixed up. And I'm so looking forward. <laughs> can't we're wait going to, to pick the best places in England. We can't wait to end up in twat. Welcome back, everyone. Now it's time for Spooky Chat with Anne and Renata. Uh, just before we get into this, I want to give a big shout-out to our mate Louise Wilkinson. Um, you may have noticed she wasn't on the air last week and we had a best of. Mm. That's because she's got a brand-new show coming out. Oh, no, and it's called The Juice. The Juice. I hope we're allowed to say that because I'm not sure if we were, but there you no. go. Anyway, uh, but it's you go. kicking off tomorrow. She's on from 12 to 2, and let me tell you, this girl will tackle just about anything yes um so if you've got feral kids she'll have some an expert that'll come on and help you with them if you've got a feral partner you've got another expert will come and help you with that too so she has got all the good juice so get on there and support the gorgeous louise she got us uh, a foot in the door here as did tracy from the uh the morning show as well so um Let's get on now with Spooky Chat. Now, we had actually somebody send through a message during the week while we weren't here. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? And you can do that because we do eventually get them. Uh, so this is Lizzie, and welcome to the show, Lizzie. I just found your podcast yesterday, and I have to say you guys are fun. Oh, fancy that, Renata. Yeah. Uh, is that the True Hauntings podcast, or is it the yeah. reruns of this? I'd say it's a True Hauntings podcast. We just had a two-week hiatus. We are sorry for that, but it is completely out of our hands. Yeah. We will be back soon. We hope we'll be back Friday. Anyway, 
Just wondering, though, what do you mean by elemental? I'm sorry, just a bit curious. I had this weird experience a while back and have been casually looking for answers. Mm. And don't apologise. This is what we'd love to do. We'd love to answer your questions. Mm. And these are really good questions because as paranormal investigators, we have to consider these things when we look at what is going on for people when they say they are um, experiencing a haunting. So... The pagans, and believe me, the pagans were here first, uh, believed that everything... Even they were here before Jesus? Yes. Oh. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm um, going to get in trouble. We've got hate mail coming. <laughs> uh, they believed that everything had a spirit. Everything was alive. Everything was connected in some way, shape or form. It's kind of going around in the circle to get back like that, which is awesome. But elementals were the beings that lived in every living, breathing thing. So there were elementals in the air. There were elementals in the earth and the waters, uh, the elementals um, in the sea, the oceans. Everything that lived and breathed had a spirit connected to it. Um, and, of course, if, if you look at some of the beliefs nowadays, you have the elements of earth, air, wind and fire that are consistent in a lot of the witchcraft work that people do nowadays. And the elementals are of those elements. And they can sometimes become real within their zones. So... Um, of course, the elements of air would appear to you as some air-based being that would show itself and um, and so forth. And so sometimes people have these weird and wonderful experiences with things that are very, very old and ancient, very old and ancient, and they're not really ghosts. They are something else. Yeah, and they never were human. No. That's right. So you're looking at fairies and water sprites and um, elves and dwarves and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yes. All right. That was a great question. Now I've got to get the, the phone turned back on. I'm switching between phones here, as you do. Um, we have a question from Karen who wanted to know who is Thin Man. Now, I don't know about Thin Man, but I think he may mean Slender Man. Mm. There was a movie called Thin Man. Oh, is that what it was? Um, well, no, it's not that because I looked it up and we're looking at the 1940s and he was some sort of a detective or something. Um, wore a hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just so you know. So we're looking at Slender Man. I Slend think. Slender Man is actually a fictional character. He, he's not real. Mm, yeah, never existed. Um, yeah, and it was actually a meme that somebody made up on the internet and he always looks like he's very, very tall with long, thin arms. It sort of looks like a human. Uh, they're, they're faceless and they tend to be wearing some sort of dark coloured suit. So uh, somebody uh, sort of talked about this and um, they said that they normally stalk people or abduct people or traumatise them, particularly children. Uh, but it's actually a bit of an urban legend. It's not a real thing. Mm. But once Was they've reported it, then all of a sudden people start going, oh, I've seen it. Wasn't he created... Because a movie was coming out? Possibly. I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Maybe someone that's listening knows a little bit more about that and would like to send in some information. But, yes, he was a fictitious creation. 
from somebody's mind, um, which seemed like a good idea at the time. And of course, everyone's jumped on the bandwagon and has either seen um, this slender man or um, there have been plenty of movies and things created about this particular entity. So it's it's interesting how we make up our own urban legends and then they seem to run wild. Yeah. And uh, we've got a question here from our gorgeous Erin. How many places have we been to that are supposedly haunted that have turned out not to be truly haunted. Uh, lots, lots. Lots. <laughs> Sadly. But look, we we always say we can't really determine it on one visit. That's true. Um, we had somebody declare that one of our sites was not haunted because they had no ghost evidence while they were there. Um, and I, I said to them, how can you determine that in one four-hour investigation? And I got blocked from the page. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I did like to say it as it is. What can I do? But yes. uh, yeah, um, there, there is many, but uh, like some of the big ones too, mm. and they were a bit disappointing. We might have a little bit of phenomena, but not to the state like the um, the Pontefract Black Monk. Mm. That was really quiet. But we had a ball being there. Mm -hmm. The ancient Ram Inn was dead quiet, but Mm -hmm. it was fabulous. Mm -hmm. And again, just because you are there for one or two hours and you don't get anything doesn't necessarily mean that things don't happen. But they may happen on a regular basis. But what's regular? Once a month, once a year, um, on the anniversary of someone's passing that was associated with that building, that can be called regular as well because there is a pattern in the way these things appear but you know what happens for the other days weeks and months where nothing happens Um, this is where the business of ghost hunting and ghost tours um, become hard work because everyone comes on a tour thinking that it's going to happen because they are there Mm. but we have to and they're special and we have to understand that it's not always that way Um, but there are things that can make you more susceptible to have things happen and one of those is an open mind and just enjoying the evening enjoying the stories and getting into the spirit of everything yeah and look if you've got a question to text in the number is 049 9084886. Maybe something we've talked about you disagree with or it's raised further questions for you. Um, But before we go to our next song, Renata, um, Jodie said, uh, Would you like to hear a joke about a ghost? Yeah. That's the spirit. There you go. Um, Once again, people, I've tried to come up with something good, but uh, Jodie's helped me there. Thanks, (laughs) Jodie. Oh, how many memories did Kiss's song just bring up for everyone? Well, um, what were you doing when you heard that song play? I was manhunting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find a mate. Oh. <laughs> 
That was the song to play the year that came out. Um, and I had lots of friends who were having 21st birthdays and all I remember is uh, dancing in people's garages. Oh. Because, you know, you always had – it's not this fancy stuff that oh, people have yeah. nowadays. I know what you mean. Every, it, it was, was – you'd was, have streamers and balloons yeah, in the garage. the garage. The garage would be set up. And the fold-up tables. The trestle tables would be out. Uh, and There'd be punch? Yes, there'd be punch. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would slip something. You'd get the big tin of golden circle <laughs> and you'd pour it into the punch bowl and yep. then empty in a uh, can of two fruits, mixed two fruits. <laughs> no one ever had that. Or, or it was the fruit salad in a tin. It, it always stayed at the bottom of the punch bowl. Unless somebody put alcohol in it and then everybody got into it because oh, all the, did, the yes. sunk to the bottom. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the memories. Well and truly before the cruises time. <laughs> I was very tempted. I was very tempted to put the um, microphone on while we were singing along to that song. It's mm-hmm. particularly the. Anyway, we should get back onto some spooky <laughs> chat, huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. So this is from our friend Jo, otherwise known as Celtic Dragon. We see her on YouTube all the time. Hi, Jo. Now, she wants to know, what do we think of after-death communication by telephone from loved ones? I have heard of this. I've never experienced it. I have heard of it. There are plenty of books that are out there that talk about these weird and wonderful phone calls mm-hmm. that seem to happen. Um, and they come from someone who has passed over. And, of course, now because we have mobile phones, the dead actually leave mobile phone messages. Yeah. Now, the one of the earliest ones that they recorded was um, there was a, a researcher called Constine um, Raudive. It looks like Raudive, but you don't pronounce it like that. Uh, and he was very much into this, what they call ITC, instrumental transcommunication. And he heavily believed in the, the recordings and then playing it back and he, he created devices. I actually have a Round Eve device which we should give a crack. Uh, you plug in a, um, oh, yes. a... It's a microphone and you speak into it and mm-hmm. it's supposed to convert the signal somehow or other. Anyway, I'll look into that later. But he said he would come back and speak to people once mm-hmm. he passed mm-hmm. and he did. He passed and lo and behold there were some people who he had been working with that received a phone call from him and he spoke intelligently to them uh it it they said that it is his voice tones it was his voice it was his way of speaking there was one where he left a message on their voice recorder this is back in the days where they had the phone machines mm-hmm. and it was a tape so they they had the tape to prove it was him and there was somebody else who um he rang her directly and she freaked out at first and then she was thoughtful enough to press record so she re- could record his voice mm-hmm. and you can find these recordings on youtube mm-hmm. i have listened to them yeah they're they're amazing yeah. Um, and it's Constantine is spelt with a K, and Raudive is R A U D I V E, I think. But if you want to have a listen to that, so look, spirits are supposed to be able to work with energy. And if you think of the radio waves and radio frequencies and everything we're working on, this is all energy being transmitted through the ether. You guys are sitting, some of you on the other side of the world, listening to our voices right now. So the spirit world is far more complicated than what we are. And I think they would be able to do it. 
but it's whether they're allowed to. Is there rules and regulations on the other side that says you can't be ringing everybody now you're here on this side? Mm. Uh, but somehow or other, he was able to get a message across, and it was quite a lengthy message. It was. Yeah. It was. There was a decent conversation happening yes. for quite some time. Yes. They were asking him how he was and all of this sort of stuff. So um, it certainly is out there. I have listened to it. And if you um, try and look for um, what the, the um, um, in England, the Society for Psychical Research, uh, they actually put out information on a weekly basis, um, old YouTube record, old YouTube recordings and things. Um, if you're really interested in listening to more of this sort of stuff, it's there. Yeah. Well, we've got a big song to go to before we hit the news. And if I don't go to it soon, we're not going to get to the news in time. Um, so once again, I've, I've sort of tried to spice it up a little bit. This is another good sing-along one. Uh, we will be back after this news break. We will have the uh, Paranormal Trash or Treasure. So go have a look at that picture on the radio uh, Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group page. And we'll also have the weird story for the week and I've got a clue there of a red jogger. Um, But we will be back shortly. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And welcome back for the second hour of Spooky Sundays. We are here till 10 o'clock clock this evening. We weren't sure then. <laughs> aren't we all getting excited for tomorrow? <gasps> oh, oh, freedom. I'm just organising to buy a cup of coffee and take it to a friend's tomorrow because Ooh. I can go. Yes. She's fully vaccinated and we can go record and do all that and I'm going, oh, so exciting. Yes, that's true. Now, another reminder, guys, uh, October the 31st, Halloween, we aren't actually doing a ghost tour on that night because it is a Sunday but we are in studio from 8 till midnight. Yes. And we're going to have lots of special guests. We're going to have giveaways and lots of spooky stories. So we invite you all, please, those that are staying at home, and it is a Sunday, so most of you will be, to join us from 8pm till midnight and for we may, Spooky Sunday Halloween edition. We may have something special going on at 7pm, which will be a live broadcast onto the new Castle Live radio Facebook group page. Ooh, we we might. might have some of the crew from some of the other shows at Newcastle Live Radio coming in to do a seance with mm. us. Oh, won't that be fun? It will be. Now, 
Trash and Treasure time. Mm-mm. Now, did the people see the great photo that I put up on Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group? I got it all out in one breath. There is a picture of a lady with, she's laying on her back and she's got her legs in obviously fishnet stockings and high heels and she's got her legs stretched out like she's riding an exercise bike. I'm sure that's what she's doing. She's riding an exercise bike and it's all in red light and she's laying on a bed about to get on her exercise bike. Uh, so um, this is the picture that was associated with that particular item. Now, you look at that, Renata. What would you think that was uh, going to be about? Yeah, I've got no idea. Okay, is it the shoes? Is it the fishnet stockings? Well, is, it, is it the red light? And that's what some people were saying. Catherine said, I'm lost. Is it the woman's shoes or the legs or the stockings or what? Mm. Leslie suggests it could be a story about a succubus. I like the way you're thinking, Leslie. Uh, Jodie thinks it might be the devil wears Prada. <laughs> Karen's onto the kinky boots. <laughs> uh, Jenny thinks it might be haunted stiletto heels. I mm-hmm. like that too. I like that one. Um, Christy said, I don't know, but I reckon she could use some lavender. <laughs> Christy, no, don't tip us over the edge. Yeah. No, this is actually the photo that's associated with an item currently selling on Etsy called the Broken Heart Spell Black Magic Slash Self Love. Right. So it's it's a bargain. Uh, you know what it's like? It's a bargain. It's a bargain. It's $133.27. Uh, it's yeah. a bargain. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a spell that this beautiful seller is offering. Uh, this spell is recommended for anyone who wants to forget a love and heal their broken heart. Am I going to go off here? Yes. I've got to feel this is a trigger. <laughs> There's a trigger coming. Oh, no. You know that love hurts you. You don't get over it. Let it go and get well. This spell was designed by the powerful witch Somara. Uh Somara was a very powerful witch who made the mistake of falling in love with a man. The man swore to love her forever, but ended up betraying her and abandoning her. Samara, mad with rage, killed her lover, but did not succeed. She wanted to get rid of her grief. So desperate for the pain, she created this ritual to forget her loved one forever. How are you feeling about it so far, Renata? I'm rolling my eyes. Yeah, they are. I think that actually I can't see the colour of her eyes anymore. All I can see is white. Um, Okay, I'm going to keep going. This yeah, is not yeah. this is not a big one tonight, but I know that it's going to trigger some conversation. Mm-hmm. Summoning evil demons and using old and dark magic. This spell promises whoever loves it, heal his broken heart, forget the person who haunts him. Does that even make sense? Summoning evil demons and using old and dark magic. The spell promises whoever loves is loves it. Heal his broken heart. Oh, we must be speaking English again. 
Um, that's okay. That's okay. We get the gist of what's happening. Right. And look, I'm putting the passion into how I'm saying I'm, it. So I can hear you it can in hear your the voice. passion. I can. I can. can. Can you tell I'm a, a yes. professional voice over artist? Yes. No. Okay. You will feel as if that person has never existed. Your heart will heal without there being any trace of the damage that was done to you. There will no longer be nostalgia in your soul. You will heal without scars and you will be able to continue with your life and fall in love again. (sighs) This spell will remove that person from your thoughts. Uh You will no longer need it. You will forget your moments together and there will be no more sadness or pain. Forget Forgive and get over that person who doesn't deserve it. Leave the past behind quickly and prepare your heart for the right person. Leave the crying nights and be happy again. Mm. All for Mm $133.27. So that is what is being offered. Now, I have a few thoughts about this, but I can see from your uh, eyes that have now rolled back into position that you may have some words to say on this, Renata. I just remember reading an ad very similar and um, reading the comments of people who wrote back to say, I want my money back because it didn't work. (laughs) Well, no, I have to say that this person actually had very good feedback. Really? They did. They've sold a lot of different things. Did anyone else write the feedback other than themselves? I can't verify that. <laughs> Sometimes you get a bit suspicious of some of the feedback that you get, don't That's you? That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yes. But look, so this this is an action to start to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people can't see their way out of things. They're in such trauma and heartache from what's happened to them that they will see something like this and it's an action they can take to start healing again. Mm-hmm. So for me, in a way, I don't, I'm, 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 a, I'm a sort of okay with it. I don't know about the price, but that's up to the person. Uh, I like the idea that they're taking back their power and are going to say, well, this is the end of this. I'm going to start healing. But they have to put the work in. Mm-hmm. It's not just wave the magic wand and you are now healed and your grief is gone. This is the catalyst to start healing. I'd like to see what um, is... Uh, sent to a person like is it a um, is it the whole collection of stuff that they require or is it just the um, like the gin wish instructions which is a blank piece of paper or or what (laughs) is it that they get for their 135 odd dollars well it doesn't actually say but it is some sort of spell so to me like I I have seen spells I've worked with spells I I understand that there are normally ingredients involved Mm -hmm. there is normally um, things that you need to do processes you need to do whether it be cutting cords or um, burning incense or a particular candle or I I would hope that whatever was needed for this particular spell would be in that thing for $133. Okay the the one thing that you have to remember when you're looking at this was this particular person created that spell for herself Mm -hmm. not for other people. This is true. And so you shouldn't really 
really work with things that have not been created specifically for you because the, the thing is that you don't know what's going to come through. So, um, yeah, we're playing, we're playing interesting games here. We certainly are. I was just going to try and quickly look up and see if I could find um, if it said anything about exactly what was there. But once again, I love how they've, they've gone through the whole um, broken heart spell, black magic, and it's got they, they list everything in there once again so they, they can cover it all. Uh, black. I'm just, yeah, look. Magic. I'm just typing. There will, the thing is there will be someone out there who, who feels so desperate that they will buy something like this and try it. And um, But if they're know, not prepared to put the work in. No. So the seller is called Lady Satanic. She has... 2,683 sales. Wow. And her star rating out of five is 4.9. I'm in the wrong business. You are. Uh, it says that the, the item is handmade, uh, made to order, delivers worldwide from Spain. Oh. Oh. Nice. Uh, we've had someone message in a little message about that last. Yeah, Deborah Ann said something that I think is absolutely pertinent, and that is, so this spell wipes out any lessons learned and you're doomed to repeat it. Mm. Uh, by saying you're going to forget it, forget the person, forget all the things, that does mean that you, you're you going to forget everything that you learned from that experience. Mm-hmm. I like it. I we like, like it. doing that, though. We like to pretend that things don't happen and then we just repeat them over and over again. And uh, Dazza said, thanks for Metallica. (laughs) (laughs) Are you liking the song choices this evening? Miss Anne picked all the songs tonight. They're they're a bit hard rock. I know. I've I've tried to to sort of step it up a little bit after all my soft rock the other week. Awesome, awesome. Don't worry, I'll be back with some of that next time as well. Mm -hmm. So we take turns every week in... um, doing the uh, music, the music selection. selections. They, they did say they couldn't put it in for us, but they also said we could do it ourselves. We went, oh, we'll do it. Yeah. Now, look, I've got to get onto this story because this yes. is a big one. Yes. Now, this is the picture on Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group of the Red Sneaker. Red Sneaker. This is something I found on um, HuffPost. So, of course, it has to be real, true mm-hmm, and honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, HuffPost. Um, uh, and this is called The Woman in the Red Sneakers yes. by the Satellite Images. So this is sort of like a blogger. I'm going to read you this story and mm-hmm. I just want you to think about it. A friend of mine showed me how to use Google Maps. I'm sure you've seen it. It lets you use satellite, satellite images to look at locations all over the world. A few years ago, I was in a car accident. Since then, I really don't leave the house that often. It's difficult, and the idea of seeing a car drive by me makes me feel lightheaded. I was fascinated by the fact that I could see all over the world, almost like being there. I could virtually walk down the streets, and it almost felt like I was really there. I became instantly hooked. It gave me a real eye on the world. I could go to almost any major city, and I did. I'd seen streets in China, Japan, Germany, and England, so many places. I'd even gone to tourist attractions like the Great Barrier Reef and Dracula's Castle. We've been to Dracula's Castle. Mm. My favourite was to go to random places in major cities and see how many people and animals I could find. The faces of the people were always blurred to protect their privacy, but it was still enjoyable to see them out there enjoying their life, walking like it was no big deal. 
Oh, she must have good taste, I laughed. I zoomed in closer and noticed the grey bag she carried on a grey and purple shoulder strap. She was walking in a relaxed manner, one hand trailing the wall beside her. I bet if I could have seen her face, I would have seen she was smiling. I began to feel a little sad. I let my hand fall onto the arms of my wheelchair and I looked at her for a minute more. I wish that I could be there walking so carefree with her. That wouldn't happen, though, until I died. I was stuck in this chair. I sighed and zoomed out of Tokyo. Enough of this for tonight. I turned off the computer and went to bed. Got up early and decided to look around Paris. Paris was always fun. I liked to look at the city with all of the old, beautiful buildings and so many people to watch. I randomly zoomed to an area and saw a street lined with old brick buildings, a few small shops and an old tan brick church. Ahead was an intersection and dozens of people walked by. A balding businessman walked quickly past, looking back at an old woman, hair covered with a scarf, carrying a large purse. A curvy woman in black pants that was too tight scared into a, scared, stared into a store window, and two women led a group of small children around a corner. Oh, I think they got a photo of me in Paris. <laughs> I had my black leggings on the other day and they were too tight. I spun the view around a few more times and then saw something peculiar. Sitting on the bench at the bus stop were two people. One of them was a young woman with her feet stuck in front of her in a relaxed manner. She was wearing a pair of red sneakers like my own. I was startled for a moment as I noticed the black pants, white t-shirt, black hooded jacket... Her dark brown hair was loosely tied behind her head. A grey bag sat on the bench beside her and the shoulder straps hooked over her shoulder. This is crazy, I thought. This can't possibly be the same woman. It's a different country, different continent even. How could it be her? This was stupid. It wasn't as if these were live photographs. They were taken ahead of time and then stored. It's not like she was in two places at once. She could just be a traveller. Besides, without seeing a face, it was impossible to tell if it was the same person. Brown hair was probably the most common colour in the world. Those red sneakers were something I purchased online. I'm sure a million of other people did too. I shook my head and went and fixed myself some lunch. When I got back online, I decided to look at Berlin. I picked a random street as usual. It looked pretty empty. There were brick buildings lining the streets, looking more like factories than anything else. There was also a lot of empty lots full of long grass and piled gravel. There wasn't much to see at all, really. There was a line of motorbikes and a car with two German flags sticking up from it. After more searching, I found one kid. He looked like he was dressed for school, a jacket thrown over his bag. He was intently looking at some sort of mobile device. I was disappointed. I started to leave, but then I caught something out of the corner of my eye. I turned the view, and there they were, those damn red sneakers. She was standing on a street corner next to some kind of signpost. She had a hand on the post, looking down the street as if waiting to cross the street. I stared in shock. How could she be there too? 
even if she was travelling, there's no way I would find her every time. Even finding in her Paris would have been one heck of a coincidence, but this, this was crazy. Was this some kind of joke? Had Google decided to play a, a prank on its users that used their product so much? It would have been a great joke. I did a quick search looking for a note about the woman that shows up like Waldo. There was nothing. I looked through articles on strange things you can see on Google Maps, but none of them mentioned the woman that travels the world with you. This was crazy. How had my self-isolation driven me into madness? Had I become so lonely that I created a hallucination for myself? Leaving the Berlin image on my screen, I sent a text to a friend asking him to look at the locations. I asked him if he saw the same woman. Then I waited. Hands sweating, heart thumping in my chest. I jumped when my phone beeped with a return text message ten minutes later. The text read, I see the lady you're talking about in Berlin. I didn't see her in Paris or Tokyo. Is this some sort of game or what? Are you okay? I didn't respond. Instead, returning to the locations in Tokyo and Paris, there she was. She was there, but it was different. She no longer sat on the bus stop bench in Paris. She was standing in front of it, looking for something in a bag. In Tokyo, she was blocks away, squatting down to pet the calico cat. I shivered. Who was she? What was happening? I switched the map to Brussels. It was another street. It was lined with old buildings and shops on the ground level and what I guessed was apartments above. I quickly scanned the streets. They were empty, other than a stocky woman in a bright blue sweater. I did a second sweep. She wasn't there. I sighed in relief. I couldn't believe I was getting so worked up about this. It was nothing but a... I stopped my eyes frozen on the screen. There was a building at the point of a fork in the road, white with a black ironwork framed balcony jutting from the second floor. I hadn't seen her as I'd been looking at the sidewalks. There she stood, standing on the balcony, her head tilted in the direction of the camera, almost like she was coyly looking towards me. My breath was caught in my throat. I switched to Sydney. She was leaning against the wall inside the doorway of a bright blue Carrick's pharmacy building. London showed her getting ready to step onto a red double-decker bus. Her head turned to look over her shoulder. She was everywhere I looked. She stood on a brick sidewalk on a bridge in Venice. She walked across a yellow-barred crosswalk in Zurich. And in Hong Kong, she had stood between a wing lung bank and a McDonald's adjusting the strap of her bag. In each picture, she came closer and closer to looking directly at me with her blurred face. My heart felt like a terrified bird slamming around inside my chest. I couldn't catch my breath. I wasn't sure what to do. I, I couldn't call the police. Should I send screenshots to Google? I clenched my fist tightly and closed my eyes. Who was she? Was she following me? Was I following her? 
I wish I could see the expression on her face, know what she saw when she looked at me. I wanted to get out of the chair and run. Why is it that the only thing that made me feel free again was the thing that now made me feel more trapped than ever? I had to know. I typed in the name of my town and zoomed into a street. It was a couple of miles from my house. The gates to the city park were shown in the clarity of daylight. Despite it being night here, there she was. There, there she was. She was only a few miles from my house, standing under the ironwork arch that stated the name of the park. She looked directly at the camera, directly at me. I felt like I might throw up. She was near me. And she was watching me. She was coming for me. What did she want? I typed in the name of the apartment complex where I live. I could see the outside of the building. The parking lot was full of cars. And there were a few blurred out children on the playground. I searched everywhere for her. She wasn't in the parking lot or on the sidewalks, nor hiding behind the buildings or between the buildings or standing in the playground. I even scanned each of the cars behind the bushes and each of the blurred windows. She wasn't there. I curled tightly around myself and lay my head down on the desk. This place was safe. I didn't leave the apartment anyway. I would never use Google Maps again. I would never see her again. She could stay at the park for all I cared. I smiled to myself and she was surprised to see a tear slipping down my face. I'm safe, I said to myself in a whisper. It felt good to hear it out loud. I'm safe. As I said it, there was a knock at the door. A chill ran down my spine. I had a camera hooked to my computer that showed who was at the front door, which made it easier for me with my mobility issues. I slowly reached for the control to show myself who it was outside, but my hands trembled furiously. As I touched the control, I realized my mistake. The last of Google's images that I had seen had only shown the outside of the building, just the outside. I looked at the screen and saw a woman in a white t-shirt, black pants, black hooded jacket, and carrying a grey bag with a purple and grey striped shoulder strap. Of course, there were those red sneakers. She looked directly at the camera, her face still a complete blur. I tried to stifle a scream. She raised a hand and knocked loudly on my front door. And that story was epic. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed it. Epic. But we have a lovely guest tonight, Miss Christy, and I'm hoping she's on the line. Hello. Hello, I love you. Hang up on me. Yay! We we got the sheet back out and followed instructions. That's right. How are you, Christy? I'm good. It's been raining very heavy here for the last uh, hour and a half. Has it? So I'm thinking I'm need a canoe. Oh no! Tomorrow? Oh no! I think we're expecting a few days of it. What are you talking about tonight for us? Your magical moments. Tonight I'm going to talk about today's date. Oh. It's oh. the 10th of the 10th. Oh, oh it's a portal. It's a magic yes. portal. <gasps> yes. Hang on to your hats, so, people. 
Some dates have significance. Um, you know, like in August, there's eight. Eighth of the eighth, which is the Lion Gate portal, mm-hmm. and today's the tenth of the tenth in October. Mm-hmm. So this portal's all about manifesting and creating a reality and timelines. Sounds so fabulous. Yeah. What should we do? So, well, firstly, I'm not going to go into people seeing numbers. You know, everyone's always like, "Why do I always see eleven, eleven all the time?" Mm-hmm. But honestly, if spirit is showing you numbers, then it's actually up to you to work out what the significance of that is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can look up what 1111 means, and it means that the spirits are trying to show you something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no one's no one's able to interpret it that for what that means, except for yourself. Mm-hmm. But, let's talk about manifesting. There's heaps of books, there's YouTube, there's Law of Attraction, there's The Secret, all of those things. But just to break it down to the bare essence of it, there's so many people talking about manifestation, law of attraction and things like that. And there's one fellow who I quite like. His name's Greg Braden um, from the States. And he simply says, to act like it has already is. To act mm-hmm. like it already is. And as which as we say, so it is. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is to act like it already is. So simply, if we're creating our reality, so what we need to do is to know that it's come, that it's happening, but to live like it has already happened. So there's actually no doubt mm-hmm. in us. So I get worried about that sometimes when people say, well, I'm going to win the lottery, so I'm going to act like I've already won the lottery and start spending money. Well, that's it. You know, some people also want to manifest a Ferrari but have no means to even pay the insurance or run the petrol or anything like that. And so they actually might be walking along the street and find a little um, hot rod Ferrari on the sidewalk, like a little kid's car. Because the universe goes, you want it? There it is. But that's all you can manage right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. And for those people who do want to win a million dollars, you've got to buy a lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. It helps. (laughs) That's right. But, you know, part of living and that belief is actually our language and the words that we use. So the words we use to create and the words we use to set our intention. So, for example, if you keep saying, I want my own house, what our subconscious does is goes, oh, there's a feeling word in there. Okay, yes, let's give her the feeling of wanting. So our words saying, I want, the universe will just keep going, well, now here you go, keep wanting it then, because that's what you're asking for. So we need to be a bit more direct in our language And that's where I'm saying living like it's already come to pass. But part of that would be feeling gratitude for receiving it. Would that mean that you would be saying, I have my own house, instead of I want, I have my own house, and visualising it? Yes, but a better way would be to come from a place of gratitude. So gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership. So you could say, I'm so grateful that I have my own home. Yeah. And live that way. So, you know, it's attached to our belief and it's attached to our feeling. So an example that I use with most of my clients so that they really understand the feeling of manifesting is American Indians. So 
what they do when they're doing a rain dance. So what they're doing, they're not doing a specific set of steps that brings the rain. What they're doing is recreating the feeling of joy of dancing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And I okay. think that's the best way to describe, you know, recreating the feeling. So when I say act like it already is, the feeling of gratitude, the feeling of love, all of those things to help that come to pass rather than going, I want that. So, so if, know, if we want our own TV show, Renata and I have to visualise that it's already happened and that we're so excited and that the, the documents are already signed and it's all coming, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> but, be, but also be... Don't laugh, Renata. Proact- be proactive at it and start writing your scripts and things like that. Because oh. the universe loves written instructions. Oh, Okay. Oh, I don't know how to do that, but I'll, I'm going to give it a... I'll write down that yeah. we have a TV show. <laughs> yes. But other things to do as well, so not just holding that feeling as well. So, you know, when we're using spell work and things like that, we can also use crystals, we can also use herbs. So using those things are a great way to help... The crystals are a great way to hold your intention, and oh. it also may help you keep remembering the feeling. Ah. So every time you look at the crystal, you're like, oh, that's right. I have my home, own home and I'm so grateful for mm. it. It's a trigger. Yes. In a good way. In a good way. Mm. Yes, in a good way. So, you know, you can Google however many, whatever crystals you want for whatever you want because everyone is going to be unique in what they're wanting their life to be. So, for example, you know, you could use citrine as you know abundance for money you could use rose quartz for love and of course clear quartz is a universal crystal so you can use that and substitute that for any area of your life and say with magical herbs you can substitute rosemary that will just be substitute any herb and do you know do you know what this means renata what? Christy has just given us permission to go buy more herbs to burn. So awesome. we, can, we can burn more shit and we can buy more candles, awesome. uh, buy more crystals. Fantastic. Like oh. I needed permission. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with everyone. We really appreciate it. Now, you can find Christy at spellsandspirits.com. She's got a whole range of stuff on there that you can buy. Oh, you yeah. can burn shit like we do. We get our little uh, incense charcoals <laughs> and we stuff stuff all over it and we get the smoke alarms going off because we just burn so much but she's also a, gr- a great coach so she is too if you, you do need any help where or can they find you at the, as a coach so on via spells and spirits on facebook you can message me there and i will shortly be at the wellness path at nelson's bay Ooh. Ooh. very <laughs> nice in there yeah awesome. oh, and we've just had someone message through that i am as powerful words as well yeah exactly all right my love we have to say goodbye thank we're, we're going to run out of time again but thank you christy we'll see you next you're week you're welcome bye, bye. Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Hello. 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 <laughs>
<laughs> We're finishing the show hello. and you're going, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, we thought we would choose some cards for you just to get you in the mood of this new week coming. Yeah, we've only got about three minutes and, left, guys. Yep, and so um, I'm going to shuffle my tarot cards and give you a little bit of magical thinking for the week ahead. So we're just going to pull one card yep, each? Yep, and then Anne is going to do um, a, frightfully a frightfully good, good card. So this is for everyone. Oh, gosh, of course it is. It's the Eight of Pentacles. And this card encourages you to uh, spend, your, spend, your spend. impulse <laughs> to learn new things and put new skills to good use. So this is a card of hard work. And sometimes it's like starting over. And my goodness, won't a lot of people be feeling like they're starting yeah. all over again tomorrow? So, look, it is going to be hard work. You're going to have to put your head down, bottom up, and just keep slogging at Think it. Think of England. And uh, hopefully by Christmas things will sort of get back to some normality where you can kind of feel that you're putting money back in the bank. So, I mean, this card kind of just really tells the truth. Ah, and look, I'm going to read from the cards that Renata and I created. And you can actually buy this deck of cards if you head over to FrightfullyGood.com. We have a shop on there. There's merch. You can get T-shirts and coffee mugs and all sorts of things. Um, and this is the card. These cards don't pull punches. No, they go they straight don't. to the point. Yeah. And I was actually going to say to everyone, as you start this next week and we start to come out of some of these restrictions, just be patient with each other. We all have different beliefs. Um, there's no need to go ramming down other people's throats and there's also no need to take it on as a crusade and make it all about you but the card that I have pulled says it's time to let that shit go oh my god! isn't that awesome so wow. just let it go stop yeah. hanging on to all the crud you've been hanging on to and all that anxiety let it go let it go as the song goes yeah we want to head into a good week and we know that some people will still feel as though they're um they're not all their freedoms aren't all back yeah yet. it's not the same as what it was yeah, it's never gonna be it's it's different and we've all got to get on with it and i have some very close friends who have had a really tough time over the last few weeks and probably every single one of you knows someone or has gone through really tough times over the last few weeks lost their business let's all just band together and do the best that we can by and support local businesses. Like buy our merch. Yeah, as, as someone said, <laughs> and look, we're not knocking McDonald's and KFC and all of those places, but they worked through this yeah, break. they did. There were a number of places out there that couldn't serve, that co- weren't cooking, that weren't preparing food. Um, buy something from a local person, even if it's a coffee tomorrow. All right, now we're going to choose the person who wins tonight. So, Renata, I'm holding the phone here in front of you. I just wanted to give you the sweep. Yep, I'm going to sweep. give it a swipe. Oh, no, just go, and now uh, close your finger eyes. down. Okay, okay who, who is, is it? that? That is, I've got to try and find their name. It's Erin. Oh, Erin, okay. congratulations. Erin, you, you message us on Facebook and send us your address and we will get you that candle. Congratulations, Erin. Thank you for sending through your questions and your comments tonight. Awesome. It is time for us to head off because we have got Big Song and we've got lots of ads in there too to come up before the news. So we will be back uh, next week at 8pm on Spooky Sundays. Now we love you all and we will see you on The Dark Side. 